This is the Reclaiming Families podcast. It is our goal to expose the lies that undermine, erode, and destroy the family while discovering and reclaiming God's design for gender, marriage, family, and sexuality. So join us for open conversation about the struggles and joys of reclaiming families. Hi, thank you all for listening to another episode of Reclaiming Families. We're glad you're back with us. And um, of course, we have to remind you that if you're not yet following us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, please go and do that. Check out our website, reclaimingfamilies.org. One thing on the website we would like to highlight this week, um, if you click on the events tab, not uh, next weekend, but the next weekend, we have the birds and the bees, how to talk talk to your kids about puberty and sex coming up. Um, You can register. There's a link on there to register for that. We would love to have you. Um, And that will be a good event. You can go back and listen to a few episodes ago when we had Emily King. um, And I believe the episode is called The Birds and the Bees, How to Talk to My Kids About Sex. And so um, go back and check that out. Register for the event. No matter how old your kids are, I mean, I guess assuming they're like not out of the house, but um, I think it could be something that you really benefit from. Um, but today we have a topic that we'd like to talk about. This has been a hot topic for me recently. I've been doing a lot of research on it and um, the findings that, I mean, I think it was something that I kind of new, but just um, having the information right there in front of me and it being proven by so much research, I think has really, um, I don't know, been a little bit mind blowing. And so today we are going to talk about screen time and the developing brain. Yeah. And what a, uh, I think it's a fascinating topic. It's a great topic because yeah, we're trying to figure out how much screen time does our little girl get and uh, in a world that's full of screens. And we know a lot of people that just give their children the screen and let them look at the phone or the TV. Some watch it all day. Some uh, get it during dinner time when you know they won't be quiet at the table or something like that. And company's there, and so it is a good question. I think there is probably a lot of like, ah, oh, no way, no way, it's harmful, no way, it's bad. And uh, so I think yeah, some of the research is just very interesting. Yeah, and our goal in this is to inform um we are not you know saying this to cast shame on any kind of type of parenting or anything like that but i think that when you expose something obviously that's something we love with reclaiming families is exposing the way of the world and kind of obviously reclaiming god's design and so we are not by any means saying that screen time is bad in and of itself We know that there's a lot of great uses like entertainment, connecting, teaching, occupying kids for a little bit of time. Like it's a sweet memory to everybody cuddle up on the couch and and watch a movie together. Um, But I mean, we see all the time and and you probably have too, where screen times are are starting to take over. Just the other day we were walking around um, the park and I noticed a little kid in a stroller sitting on his I assume it was a mom's phone as they're walking around the track at the park um or of course we've all seen children and we might even be guilty of it ourselves children at restaurants on screens and um and so we just see where it's kind of 
it's coming out of just a family movie night or, you know, I remember when I was growing up, TGIF, um, on whatever channel that was, it was like full house. And, uh, we would all like, we'd order pizza and we'd watch it together and it was a special time for us. But I think that there's just a kind of coming out of that and a more reliance on the screen. And so that's the kind of usage that we want to talk about today. Yeah. You know, and kids too, like they're, our little girl is a year and a half old and she already knows how to work a screen. Yeah, two hundred degrees. Like, and we don't we don't really do screen time. That's just from FaceTiming her yeah. her grandparents. She that's right. She knows if she touches the screen, certain things pop up, and then she can swipe them down. They'll go away. Yeah, and so she'll do it again and again and again. And she just she knows what she's doing. Yeah, and so you know, kids are you know, they're quick. They're super quick at it. And so, but yeah, let's let's share some of these findings right here. Well, one guiding principle for us, I think, as we are considering how we want our kids to develop. And this is specifically around the content of the screen. I think a guiding principle would be Philippians 4.8. Um, and that ending with, you know, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What are the other qualities in that verse? I don't know. Yeah, I just, I just quoted it this morning. Uh-huh. But it's whatever is admirable, whatever is... Lovely, pure, admirable, pure... Oh, wait. Mm. Should we cut this part out of our podcast? No. It's basically, think about those things. Yeah. Think about what's good. Think about what's right. Yeah. We need to uh, work on our scripture memory a little bit, but the idea of it is to whatever is excellent and worthy of praise, think about those things. And so we want to that for our own hearts and our own brains and our own lives. And we definitely want to be shepherding our children towards that as well so that's kind of the guide for this as we talk about it but moving moving on some of the typical time on a screen um randy do you want to share that just yeah absolutely so you know typical age some notes we have here three to four years old they spend about three hours on a screen three to four and then if you're eight to twelve you're looking about four to six hours on a screen if you're a teenager you might be looking at your phone for about nine hours a day. So obviously, that is a significant yeah, bit of screen time. And, right. and in a little bit, we'll tell you what the American Pediatrics Association um, actually recommends. But we say that just to say, you know, screen time in our culture, it like I'm going to say it's a problem. Yeah, and it's it's common, super common, right? We're we're always on our screens. Yeah, and and I understand. Gosh, I talk to moms sometimes. And I just understand that it's a double-edged sword because to some extent, especially like, gosh, single moms with multiple kids, they need to get something done. Like they, and it's not even single moms with a bunch of kids. It can be married moms with one kid, but it just is like, uh, I have to get things done or I'm exhausted. And so... To let my child be occupied with a screen for 30 minutes, an hour, so I can cook dinner or fold laundry, something like that, take a nap, is, I see where that is like so tempting and like, seems like a good fit. But then on the other side, it does come with so many other issues, not just, you know, a 30 minute TV show here and there, but I mean, like, 
if we're consistently doing that, um, that's where it's a double-edged sword because some of these behavior problems, you're trying to pacify with the screen, but the screen's actually amplifying the behavior problems. And, and again, that's in more um, severe situations. But um, And we don't want to deny that the screen does have benefits, like we just said, the connecting and entertaining that second to occupy. But there are some things content-wise that um, we want for parents to be aware of. Yeah, and so as far as like what we're watching on screens, right, the dangers of screens. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is where if you, if you, you know, if you just let your child watch a screen and you're not really monitoring it closely, you're not watching it with them, you know, they can look up stuff that is uh, violent or risk-taking behaviors, right? This mm-hmm. is just a list from... Uh, um, what the AACAP? <laughs> Do you even know what that stands for? I don't. <laughs> I don't Association of uh, probably children and parents. Yeah, and, I don't know. Yeah, That's a guess. Either. But but basically, yo, violence, videos of stunts or challenges that may inspire unsafe behavior, sexual content, stereotypes, negative stereotypes, substance use, uh, bullies, predators, advertising aimed at your children. And misleading or inaccurate information. Yeah. Now, although some of those are buzzwords, I'm like, oh, jeepers. But, uh, well, the in- inaccurate information, if we just think about that, you, Randy and I were at the pool. I guess it's not, it wasn't the other day at this point, but we were talking to probably, I don't know, like a 11 year old who would, you could just tell he spent so much time on his phone and he knew everything politically going on and believed like a very certain way about it. And it's like, you could just tell it was not influenced from his parents, but it was solely influenced from what he had been watching on the screen. Yeah, And that is scary to me because it's like, I, I want to be the number one influence. Yeah. Not, um, it's wild too. A like stranger. These screens, like they can really indoctrinate you. Like me, you, and, if you just watch, there's a video, we won't talk about it much, but called The um, Social Dilemma. Oh, yeah. We've and, talked about it before. You know, it's like you and I, like, it doesn't matter. Like, if you're watching a screen, you're watching YouTube or Facebook or Instagram, you're being indoctrinated um, to a certain extent. And so, really, to be, um, to think critically, you kind of have to hear what's going on without getting your news from some of these sources because uh yeah you you only get one side of it and you get the side that you want to see and so yeah pretty scary stuff and so the point is that screens can be very very negative to the point where we as parents have to guard our children from what they see like we we have to watch out for them we're looking out for them we're the caretakers um and I want to give a couple more examples of like content stuff because even in some of these research articles, it's kind of saying when you do start to let your kids, so if you have like maybe a toddler, when you start to let them watch the screen, it gives some recommendations of shows, a lot of them being PBS shows. And I just, again, to expose some of the things, um, a show on PBS I grew up watching. We watched it in school even. I did go to a public school, but it, it felt innocent was Arthur, you know, the, um, what is he, an anteater? No, yeah, he's a mole or something. I, I'm not sure. 
he's on obviously i'm gonna say armadillo anyways the tv show author it's a bunch of animals they go to school together his sister dw um but they have a teacher named mr ratburn and one day mr ratburn got married and everyone's like oh who's he marrying who's he marrying i've watched the clip um and this was in 2019 and then it shows mr ratburn and another man walking down the aisle and like them dancing together at their wedding and so pbs this tv show first off that our tax dollars pay for second off that is being told like this is a safe place for your kids to watch and learn is you know since at least 2019 is focused uh, or ha- has a same-sex wedding in the it is it's brief but yet it's still there and then this year sesame street has their first ever reoccurring same-sex couple and so sesame street the people that you know helped help me learn how to count and say my abcs is now also telling children um slowly and and very subtly that it's okay to be married to someone of the same sex so yeah um and I, can it's I, disheartening to me. It is. It's very disheartening. But you want me to keep going on yeah, about this yeah, a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So I have it, another really great podcast to listen to is called The Monica Klein Show, especially, especially, especially about the stuff with the sexual revolution. And while I'm on other podcasts, Politely Read with Abby Johnson, another great one. They are both former Planned Parenthood workers, um, kind of shedding light on a lot of what goes on. But anyways, Monica Klein recently interviewed three different parents whose children identified as transgender. And each of those parents said that one of the common denominators is that their teenagers were spending several, several hours each day on Reddit or Tumblr to social media outlets. And so, um, I mean, their stories were almost identical as they were talking about how their kid seemed normal. COVID happened. They started spending a lot more time on the phone, specifically Reddit and Tumblr. And then, um, you know, the algorithms just continued to, to show up about transitioning and transgenderism. And um, next thing they know, they come out as transgender. And so it's just, I, I say all this to say, it would be foolish if we think like, that we're somehow, or our kids are somehow They're not immune, above yeah. being influenced by the content of what we see on the screen. So, you have anything to add about that? Um, I, I could get I, going and talk a long yeah, time on this topic. I, for sure, for sure. I think it's just a, that's a be aware, holy cow. And, uh, and I'm sure those kids are teenagers. Yeah, uh, those kids were teenagers. teenagers, and so. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, so, should we transition now to like some of the problems with screens, or are you want to go screen time usage from the uh, pediatrics? Yeah, let's go there. Okay, okay. So, screen time. These are the recommendations for screen time, and this is not like our recommendations. This is the American Pediatric Association recommendations, and and you can kind of compare these to what we said, you know, earlier about three and four year olds, three hours on the screen, you know, up to nine hours for teens, and stuff like that but um 18 months and younger what's the recommendation for them no screens no screens (laughs) don't give your child a screen if they're 18 years or younger 18 months 18 months yeah well yeah 18 months and that's what your doctor should be telling you that's what your uh pediatrician should be saying do not give them a screen unless it's a video call to grandma and grandpa 
or yeah, or somebody else somebody. that they know. Yeah. Which, I mean, our pediatrician that was on like the information sheet that they, they give us at each um, checkup, but I don't think he's ever actually told us that until we started asking about it. And we'll talk about why. Yeah. Um, but then 18 to 24 months, what's the recommendation there? They say they want you to use these high-quality uh, programming such as PBS. Which we just said that we kind of debunked that that's not really high-quality. Yeah, So, uh, but it doesn't put a, a limit on there. What It just says... Well, it's it's less than one hour. Oh, that's Yeah, right. it's just not on this paper. Because, but, yeah, that's right. And it's that you would be watching it with your children. Yep. So that way you can talk to them um, and help them understand everything that they're seeing. Um. And then with our two to five years old, so this is a kid all the way up to starting kindergarten. Yep. He should be watching screens no more than an hour a day. Mm-hmm. And even then... It should be shows like... They're, they're saying high-quality programs, so a TV show. Yeah. It, it could also, you know, if you at that point maybe wanted to watch a movie with a family or as a family. Um, and, you know, there are, I'm sure, good shows that are not on PBS that, you know, I, I've watched Mickey Mouse Playhouse with kids before and, you know, it's teaching them how to count. But the big thing here is that you as the parent are seeing it with them and helping them understand it. And I would say even more than helping them understand it, you're also filtering the content so something doesn't become normal to your child that you had no idea they were even observing. All right, six to 12 years. This is one where, you know, there's a lot of research we can get into. Uh, but it says place consistent limits on the... On the time. On the time. Yeah. They spend with social media. Um, it, but also it says make sure it does not take the place of adequate sleep, physical activity, and other behavior other behaviors essential to health. Yeah. And there's not an hour given here. I think that somewhere um, like that, the American Pediatrics does actually give an hour for six to like up through 18, I guess. But I'm not sure what that is off the top of my head. And 12 years and older it is the same. It's ha- parents having good, um, having good guidelines, setting times like, this is a, a screen-free time. Dinner's going to be screen-free. Um, like bedrooms are going to be screen-free, just so they can have good rhythms where the screen is not on them. Absolutely, and then there's I mean there's more problems than that. And should we dive into and look at them a little bit? Or? Yeah, the developmental problems. Yep. Yeah, let's look at that. And so yeah, so screens. Yeah, we've got some articles in front of us from some doctors, health matters, um, org, And uh, what's NYP? Do you know? No. I'm not sure. Either. I didn't. I mean, I think it's good for us to cite our sources, but I think it's funny that you're reading off the um, yeah, so, what the sources are. <laughs> so, well, I just want to know. It, this is, you know. It's, it's from a doctor. Right. Dr. Jennifer uh, F. Cross. E. Cross. Right. F. Cross. And so, uh, yeah, one of the things it's saying that screens do, and if you really step back, you can see it and you can think about it, and it makes sense. Is it gets it's so stimulating to children's brains that it's like the only thing that draws their attention because it is so stimulating that things that are not as stimulating, such as 
um, playing with toys or fostering your imagination and creativity and exploring outdoors, those are not as stimulating as a screen. Mm -hmm. And so the screen keeps your attention, but yet these things that are less stimulating are actually better for your development. Right. And, you know, and your social skills. And so that's the danger of screens is that it makes you so stimulated that everything else is not as stimulating, not as appealing. And that's all you want is the screen, more screen. Yeah, and she uses the word tunnel vision. So the screen kind of leads to a kind of tunnel vision to where it's all you can can think about, all that your brain can kind of handle for that time. And um, I mean, I gave these two examples, but consider walking outside at the park on a pretty day. Um, with a screen in front of you if that screen's the only thing you're thinking of if we are to just like think about walking around the park here's the things that we'd be missing out on you'd be missing out on seeing many new faces those interactions like hi um you'd be missing out on tweet 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 oh look there's a birdie you know you'd be missing out on the feeling of the wind like all of those things that as adults we don't even really consider but as young children, is very, very vital to yeah. development. Um, another thing, if we go back to our example of being out at a restaurant, if, you know, your, your kid, I, and this is so funny, I remember my granny, um, we used to, when we would go to, to their house, we would, every Friday night, they would eat out at this really nice steakhouse. And I was reading the Boxcar Children one day, and um, I was like, can I bring my book to dinner? And she was like, no, you cannot bring your book to dinner. I was like, why not? And it's like, well, this is polite society. I was like, so? She's like, and you need to talk to your friends. Like, These aren't my friends. They're your friends. Um, and she's like, well, you need to learn to speak with them. And so I didn't get to take my boxcar children book because we were going out to polite society. That's right. That's right. And, um, but just, I, like, I'm, you know, gosh, that was at least 20 years ago. And I remember that lesson of you do not take a book into a restaurant that is rude. And so to think about a screen in a, in a book is obviously not even as stimulating as a screen. a screen is. But again, the screen, if you are tunnel vision on your screen and you're out at dinner, think about what you'd be missing out on. Absolutely. And then, yeah, the social skills you're not learning. Yeah. And uh, the dialogue skills. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing it talks about is that... Uh, when they're watching TV, the dialogue is... Yeah, like you have to have passive. reciprocal dialogue, mm -hmm. right? And where you're getting cues and facial expressions and you're reacting to the other person. And, and it's a back and forth conversation, but screens don't allow that. It's just a one-way communication. The screen is communicating to you and so you're not learning these social skills and it's detrimental and you know i've we've i forget who we were talking to if it was teachers or principals or somebody he's like yeah kids these days they won't look you in the eye they cannot hold a conversation with you and i think largely it's because of screens like mm -hmm. it's these um social skills that we're not learning at a young age and even myself i don't have the best social skills and uh and I think some of it, you know, it's probably been, I mean, I don't know if it screens as much when I was a kid, but it's a, uh, 
You have to learn them. These skills, you have to learn them. And you have to see them modeled for you, which is our responsibility as a parent. There you go. That's a good point. Good mm-hmm. point. And so, you know, some people claim that screens are... What are we going to keep going? I was going to say screens are for learning. You know, my child watches these screens and learns from them. Like, they're educational for my child. I, You know, I instead of me teaching them, the screens teach them. I thought this was interesting. <laughs> That's right. And so, but actually, there's some studies that show that if children are under two years old, they're not learning a single thing from that screen. There's even studies that show like um, they would make a screen like a window uh, into the room next to them, and they would go and like have a video camera of the room next to them, and they would go put an object in there and ask the kid where the object was that they had just watched be placed somewhere on the screen. And the child would not be able to go and get the object in the next room because they had no like brain capacity to know that anything on the screen could be translated to real life. Yeah. Pretty pretty interesting. interesting. Yeah, they'd be fun to do some of those studies. But it says that hey, they'll they will be captivated to the screen, but they're not learning from it. And so it's a lie if somebody's like, Yeah, you know, watch this show. It's good for their development. It's going to make your child super smart. Um, if, they're if they're under, they're two. under two. That's right. And so... Uh, but in, And even still, beyond two, they're saying they learn better from person-to-person interaction. Yep, that's right. Language skills. Randy mentioned that. Um, reciprocating, like, back-and-forth dialogue. Yep. Um, and then there's evidence that says that uh, if you watch a lot of television during the elementary years of school, that you perform... Less well on reading test, and uh, you show deficits in attention. Hmm. So it's like as your ADD, you know. Yeah, and I feel like we're dogging on screens big time, but I do want to say one more thing about that. Um, and this would be brain development, and this is why that the American Pediatrics they recommend certain amounts of screen time for certain age, and it is because of the the frontal cortex of your brain and that is responsible for memories um, emotion emotion control impulse control problem solving social interactions um, motor function so a lot of that stuff we've already we've already touched on but when children have excessive amounts of screen in their lives there's a positive correlation for also a diagnosis of ADHD, so that inability to focus on something, and the ODD, the occupational defiance disorder, so just poor behavior, that lack of impulse control, because the frontal cortex is underdeveloped for their age. And so, and you say like physically, there's a thinning of the cortex of your brain's cortex. They said if you have more than seven hours a day of screen time. Um, then there's actual thinning, I guess, of that lining. Yeah. And uh, that's where you do your critical thinking and reasoning. And so along with that, we would just say, you know, and, and I heard a doctor talk about this on the video. Um, I think it was from the Cleveland Clinic. But he was just saying that boredom is so good for kids. So good for kids. And, and it's, it's good for us, too. But... You know, as an adult, we don't really get bored very often because that moment is kind of taken as like a, I can stare at the wall for a second. But as a kid, to have to stare at the wall for a second is like, 
I'm agonizing. Right. Yeah. And so I don't know how often when I was little, I would say, I'm bored. My mom would say, go read a book. And I'm like, that's not what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so just that Sorry. I'm bored. But that is where creativity, problem solving, like that is where like the uniqueness and the, I don't know, just like the the sweetness and the funness of an individual kid starts to come out. What are they going to come up with when they're bored? How are they going to entertain themselves? And it's so fun to get to see what does a kid do when they're bored. They might get in trouble and that will be character building for them. Um, they might build an awesome blanket fort. Or they might go into the woods and get muddy and get into trouble. I don't know what they're going to do. But that's where we get to see, like, just where the kid is kind of getting to become them and their own interests be fostered and and things like that. And that's what we want for our children, for that development and the character building and the, the growth that comes in boredom. And it comes up being bored. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's a powerful passage, like, let them be bored. Let them be bored. And uh, so one thing that uh, another problem with screens is that um, it causes sleep problems, right? So when children look at screens, especially late at night, the blue light from the screens, it inhibits melatonin. And there's a study that showed that infants 6 to 12 years old who were exposed to screens in the evening showed significantly shorter nighttime sleep than those who had no screen exposure and so if you're a parent your child is watching screens all the time and they're very or young, not even all six the time 12, but just, or just before bed right before bed yeah you might be part of your bedtime routine to watch a show or something and you're wondering why in the world your baby won't make it all the way through the night it's because or, or could be because i'm not saying it is because but it very well could be because these blue lights that are inhibiting their melatonin and that's just not, that's not only for kids, just so you know. I know um, one of my favorite things to do is to watch a show before bed. I'm probably going to ask to do it here in a second. That's right. right. <laughs> um, but even as I say that, I also recognize that it's not just kids that the screen, um, when the screen for us adults too, if we're looking at social media right before bed or first thing when we wake up, that can really start to knock off that circadian rhythm because of the melatonin release. Yeah, we've hit on the the you know behaviors and cognitive performance and stuff like that. Um, I could go on and on and on about anxiety too if you wanted me to. Just the whole fact of like oh yeah. not being able to turn off your brain. Like and, and this is especially when kids are able to bring a phone into their bedroom and just be on their phone. Um And a lot of times, I was talking to someone the other day, and she was saying that her little girl, um, I guess, took her phone into her room. She didn't know it was in her room. She was looking at her phone, the whole, like, the whole, like, a battery life of the phone. So, you know, that's a pretty significant time. It's not as significant, I guess, if the phone's a little bit older. But she had fallen asleep. And or finally, when her phone had died, and so however long she had been awake in her room scrolling her phone, and it's just like yikes! That is a lot of sleep 
that it wasn't only a lack of sleep that happened there, but it was also a um, a like a stirring mind. It's stimulating brain, yeah. Yeah, and so our brains are just. I, I don't believe that this is personally I uh, a personal opinion. I feel like even as adults, we are not meant to know what's going on every spot of the world at all times. Like we are not meant to be all knowing. God is all knowing. And, you know, even with a phone in our hands, we are nowhere near all knowing um, like the Lord is. But it's like almost like a trying to replicate it and never turning off our brains when we so like we need that rest to be able to be okay and so when people are taking their phones into their room and and looking at them into the wee hours of the morning there's just not an opportunity to rest your brain and and that's on not even including with anxiety like all of the information that you can get that makes you anxious Um, I don't know what it would be necessarily for kids um, or adults I mean stuff that just came out about Instagram and body image for young girls. And, um, you know, I, for an adult person, it's like all the different things about parenting SIDS and, you know, I could, I'm, I'm ranting, I'm ranting now, but anxiety and, and screen time usage, they are positively correlated. Should we talk about applications? Well, I want to drop back in. There's another study real quick. And One more study. It, uh, it showed that excessive screen time and sleep deprivation, which is be watching screens before you go to sleep, are linked to obesity. I believe that. And so, um, you know, so and if you have a child who is obese, then you have a child who is maybe going to be dealing with uh, self-esteem. And maybe that leads to your child being socially isolated, it says. And and more screen time. And so it's kind of like a positive feedback loop of you watch screens, you're not getting a lot of sleep, you're gaining weight, um, you're kind of being um, isolated from other people. And then it leads you to find your comfort in watching more screen time. And so what a, a, you know, a positive feedback loop is a, is a horrible thing and you got to look out for them. They're very detrimental. And so... Uh, they should be called a negative feedback loop. Yeah, well, I think positive just means that it keeps building upon itself. But, but yeah, so. I mean, I feel like for probably the last 30 minutes, we've just ranted on screens and given a lot of stuff that we're very passionate about. Um, but again, our goal in saying all of this is just to give you some food for thought, yeah. is to inform you, like... Um, if you were to just type in brain screen time in the child's brain, you're going to get research study after research study of much of what we've just said. Um, it's not hard to find it. So if you want to, to get some expert opinions um, beyond just, just ours, type it into Google and, and look at, at what the research says because um, it's out there everywhere. All right, so we hit on screen time pretty good. And we are beating it up a little bit, but we are of the opinion that, hey, we are going to watch out for our little girl, our little you know, our family. And uh, that might mean that, hey, our, our kids aren't going to get the screens. And, and people say, you know, Abby Johnson, we talked about today, was yeah. somebody's like, oh, you'll change your mind. You'll change your mind later. She's like, oh, uh, she didn't say this exactly, but her attitude and and you if you don't listen to politely read with Abby Johnson, just check out one of her episodes. She she will tell it how it is, and she's a very smart woman. Yeah, yes, um, 
But she was just saying, it's like, oh, I'm going to change my mind. Did I, like, change my mind about my kids, you know, running in the interstate or something? No. Am I going to, like, do I like putting my kids in danger? Am I going to change my mind about that? No. Um, And so her attitude about it is just very much like, if people knew the danger, they wouldn't do it. And it's like, well, your kids just, they'll they'll ask for it and, and it'll be really persuasive. And she's like, yeah, but I'm the parent. That's my role is to keep my kids from danger, not to give them what they want if it is dangerous to them. And so the way that she says it, I mean, her podcast is called Politely Rude yeah. and, and she does a good. good job of that. And so, But right now we are of the case where it's like, yeah, our girl's not going to get any screen time. She does get well, the FaceTime. Well, she's going to get screen time, but we're going to follow the recommendations. That's right. Which right now is, is no screen time. She gets a FaceTime. That's right. And she watches videos of herself. Of herself, yeah, with like just the camera filming herself. And it's pretty funny because she, if she laughs in a video, whatever she thought was funny in the video, she laughs just like she thinks it's funny then too. Um, Anyway, so let's give some applications. So it's really hard to, you know, filter through all of this. But I'd say one big application is know your own tendencies. So... I told Randy earlier this week that I've been super tired and I'm like seeing the appeal to um, giving a screen. Like I fell asleep and I think this is like one, I'm sure it's the first of many of times with Ellie where she was up and I was exhausted. I fell asleep and I woke up to her, like I, I fell asleep holding one of her babies up to my chest and her was had my head on her blankie and woke up to her ripping it all out from me. Um, but I'm just saying, like, in those moments where I'm like, oh, no, what is she going to get into? I see where I'm just wanting to cuddle her, and it would be so nice to just sit there and watch a movie with her. Um, and so, like, knowing my own tendencies when I'm tired, when I, um, like, I need to have something kind of proactive. This is what we can do together. Um, she loves to read books. And so right now, if I'm like tired and want to cuddle her, I want to read books. Then right. yeah, having those books there, and I'm learning like I can just turn the pages and not even have to read them, and she still will sit there with me. <laughs> <laughs> not that that's the best thing to do. But, but you're saying that you're so tempted to just give her a screen, right? And then you think you would get more, like you would get her to cuddle, she would sit quietly, right? Mm-hmm. And you get those things, but it wouldn't be as good for her, right? And who, she probably wouldn't even sit there. It wouldn't go in my mind. It, it never goes how I have planned. So, so what you're saying is you no, as a parent have to die to yourself for I, her good. I am saying that. That's not the point that I was making. My point was knowing your tendency. Yep. And so um, knowing my tendency is that when I'm tired is when I'll be more tempted to put her at a screen. That's good. Um, there's also times when I'm trying to cook dinner and she's holding my legs sobbing and that is a time that's also very tempting um to try to like get her on to something else Um, and so i can imagine a screen would keep her for you know the 30 minutes that i'm trying to to do something Um, but those are the times when we're when we we want to like dive into her needs like why are you crying here and not just that's right and those are the times where ellie has to learn that hey listen this is the time where i've got to cook dinner and i need you to mm-hmm. play by yourself and but those are going to be hard you know 
to learn, but that's where she does have to learn that. Yeah. So the point there is know your tendencies. Yep. The second thing would be... Co-watch whenever possible. And so, uh, yo, keep an eye and watch what they're watching with them. And so if you're going to say, hey, yeah, I'm going to let you watch a show or a screen, you know, take the responsibility and watch it with them. Mm-hmm. If it's that important, then, uh, um, yeah, watch what they're watching, know what they're watching, and uh, watch it with them. Yep. The second thing would be choose your media wisely. And that looks like talking to your kids about what they're seeing um, and making sure that everything is age appropriate um, and, you know, point out good behavior. Uh, That gives you an opportunity if you're watching it with them and you're choosing good media, you can point out good behavior. If something does come up, then there's an opportunity to point out, hey, we don't believe this. Like authors, teacher, marries another man. Did you know that two men, like they, what, what did you think about that? And you can kind of address it with them. Um, so yeah, choose that wisely. Make sure that there's not a worldview that's being given to your children that you're not, you know, thrilled about. Um, yeah, another one too is to keep bedtime, mealtime, and family time screen free. Mm-hmm. And so I think really, I mean, I would say especially, but all those times are very important for your family. Bedtime, it's going to be make sure that your kid gets to go to sleep on time, right? It's not stimulated before they go to bed. doesn't have the blue lights and affect their melatonin. And because uh, sleep is important for the brain and important for your child's rest. And then mealtime, what a great opportunity to dive into your child's life, know what's going on in their world, and uh, to talk about what's important, talk about how your day was. And so... Um, having a screen-free time there, I think, is so beneficial for your family. Um, and then just family time when you're together. Yeah, I see all the, I just see it all the time where it's like two people can be sitting on a bench and they could be having a good conversation, but both of them are stuck staring at their screen. Mm-hmm. And there's no conversation being had. Yeah. And so, um, Number four, I think, is just as your child starts to use the screen, teach them how to safely be on the screen um you know we could do a whole nother podcast on just social media and adolescence and um you know i used to to speak at elementary schools about um about i'm about like internet safety and cyber predators and stuff like that And, and kids as young as fifth grade had access to facebook and instagram and Um, so I think it's just helping your kids to know how to set their, how to, how to have a private account, how to be safe, um, whenever you think that the time is right for them to be on social media. And I would argue that the time for them to be on social media is very, very, very old, not 13 years old. Um, but just help them to know what it could look like, um, for cyber bullying, cyber predators, just all of the darkness that can come in talking, especially to people that you do not know on the internet. Yeah, another one is limit your own phone use. And so our kids are picking up on what we do. And so when I am glued to my phone and I watch a lot of YouTube or 
if my wife, she's a Instagram, scrolls through Instagram and Facebook and wants to know all about the latest pregnancy stuff and the latest parenting stuff. And, uh, but our little girl's watching us and she's watching us glued to our phone. And, and that's where it just having to detox and step back and put your phone on the charger and uh, don't touch it. Don't pick it up and have family time. And I guarantee you, your family will be richer and will thank you for it. Hmm. If you would just put the phone down and, and teach your children that it's more important to spend time with people than it is to spend time on a screen watching people. That's good. And, you know, we would just encourage you to consider your own, like, I guess this is kind of wrapping it up, but in, with all of this, consider your own family's needs. Consider your own family's habits because, you know, we're pretty set on just, you know, we don't have a TV out in the open in our house. We do watch, we stream things. Um, Randy and I do, and like we watch shows on there, but the right thing for one family might not be the right thing for another. You know, even as a married couple, um, we have friends that like really love to watch certain shows together and that's like what they bond the most over. And, you know, we're pretty different from that. And so it's just, I guess I'm saying that what sir, the screen should be serving you, not enslaving you. That's good. That wasn't what I was going to say, but I like that word. Should be serving you and not enslaving you. And so it comes back to whatever we do, whether we eat or drink or watch a screen, do it all for the glory of God. That's right. That's a good principle. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, we um, to wrap it up, we're not huge fans of screens, especially in the younger developmental years of But we don't lives. want to shame you if you are. We just want to inform you. We want to inform you that it's not as good for your children. <laughs> And we'll catch you next time. Take care. Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Families. Check us out at reclaimingfamilies.org where you can find our latest podcasts, blogs, news, and events. We look forward to seeing you all next time.